Well, hey there, and welcome to the Saints Church Glory Hills podcast. We're so happy that you joined us today. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we believe that God will speak to you through one of our pastors today. Let's jump in. Uh, I'd like you to go to 1 John chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 2, and then I'm going to read one other scripture in... Um, in uh, First Peter chapter 2. So as I was kind of working on this and thinking about what do I want to say to the church today, uh, this, this title just came to mind, How You Should Grow Up. How You Should Grow Up. And this isn't like a shot like everybody here stinks and you should just grow up and be better. I actually think sometimes we come to church and we come to a place in our faith and and our walk with God that we think, well, no one's teaching me anymore, or I have nothing to learn, or maybe I don't know how to learn. And, And scripture is very clear on how we should continue to grow in our faith and and grow up into the things that God has called us to. And then there's a measure of maturity that comes with that. And Proverbs chapter two kind of encapsulates verse one to five, the whole book, the the reoccurring themes of what uh, is trying to be written in all of Proverbs. And it says this, says, my child, listen to me and treasure my instruction. I'm going to read it off the screen because my Bible's reading a little bit different. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. And here's verse 5. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain the knowledge of God. We're going to come back to that a little bit later. If you flip over to... uh, 1 John chapter 2, it says this in verse 12 to 17. It says, I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. Whoa. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. Do not love this world nor the things of this world, the the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. There are, these are not from the Father, but they are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And I am going to open up a scripture that's not on the screen, First Peter chapter 2. Peter reiterates the same thing that John is trying to say. He says, put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but precious in the sight of God. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. As we 
talk about building together and we talk about what it is to walk with God and grow in our faith and, and understand the ways of God, I, I think it's interesting that in Proverbs, but then the New Testament writers at the end of their lives, like Peter and John, uh, the early apostles of the church, are writing to people, these are the things that keep the church moving. These are the things that keep disciples growing in their faith. These are the things that you need to do. This is how you should grow up in your faith and continue walking with God. And as we look at this, he kind of, they address all of these things. They address children, they address fathers, and they address young men. And those are the different stages of spiritual growth. And I would uh, liken this to what Peter's saying is God is using all of these to build the spiritual house. And when we're missing pieces of this, if we're missing fathers, if we're missing young men in the faith, if we're missing new believers in the faith, we're actually not building what God wants us to build. It's a whole church. It's a, it's a whole picture of what God wants to do, and he wants us to experience him and grow up into the things that he has for us. And uh, a little snapshot of where we're going this summer, uh, all throughout July and August, we're going to actually go through the book of First John for nine weeks. Um, all locations, we're kind of doing this, so we're going to move people around because people take holidays and all that stuff. But what we really want to talk to everyone about, we're going to do a series called You've Got Mail because John in his old age is like, there are some things I need to tell the church before I'm no longer present as a father. And there's some things that you need to grow up into, and I, I, I jumped ahead. I stole a little bit from that series for today because I feel like what God wants to say to everyone here and what he wants to say to us is that we should continue to grow up into the things that God has for us. You're never too old to learn. You're never too young to start growing in the things of God. And, and we got to come back to this place where we believe God for what he said. We, we want to walk in what he said, and we're growing in those things. And I, I thought about all of this stuff. First, John, you, you start to look at the book, and you do the overview, and you see some reoccurring themes about the children of God needing to love one another, and, and how there's battles, and there's anger, and there's frustration, and Peter kind of picks up the same thing. He says, put away the frustration, the malice, like the stuff that's going on among you. Grow up a little bit. We got to mature a little bit, because the world will do that to you. The world will get you frustrated, and caught, and stuck, but God has a better plan, and they're trying to steer us back to the vision that God has for our lives, for our hearts, that we would grow in faith, that we would grow in love, because there are battles in this life. There are things in this earth that we have to face that they can really do a number on our emotions, our personality, our mind, our heart, but the love of God, the love for people, he keeps bringing that back to how we need to grow in those things, and it all kind of circles back around this one word that that I was thinking about this week, and that's maturity. It's maturity. And, and, and John writes to the church, and he says, I'm going to write to the fathers, to the young men, and to the children. And he says, there's a place for everyone in that. And, and, and the marking point of discipleship and salvation and how you're growing is, are you going to mature? Because I think a lot of people come to church, they come to Jesus, they understand, well, I can become a child of God, and they stay a child. And they don't grow through the phases of 
Young men and women carrying the weight, the burden, the things that God's have. And then some older believers think they know more than everyone and they know all these things because they got all this life experience. And, and John Rice is like, I don't care what you know, do you know God? Because you'll be a spiritual father if you know God. And I actually believe that there are some people in their life that are much younger than others that carry the, the mantle of a father because they know God in a way that others haven't. And when they start combining that with life experience, things change. And maturity is the hinge pin and the marking point. And I'm going to do something that both of these people are going to hate right now. I'm going to ask Cohen and my dad to come up to the stage. This is great, hey? <laughs> come on, Cohen. Cohen, come stand over here. Dad, come stand over here. You don't have to stand right next to me. It's okay. <laughs> so clearly the Lord blessed one generation to the next with height, but not me. Um, <laughs> uh, if you don't know, this is my dad. He probably hates that he's up here right now because I'm definitely the one that talks the most. Cohen would lean more like Papa and... I don't want to talk in front of everyone and all this stuff, but I just want to show this. So here's the thing. Uh, my mom and dad last Sunday married 41 years, and I mean, come on. And so for me, uh, you know, I talk to my kids sometimes, and, and uh, my teenagers would come home from school, and we're talking about stuff, and their friends are talking about things in, in family and things they've had to deal with, and they're like, oh my goodness. Our daughter said one time, like, I don't have to live in a home like that. And it's like because generationally there has been a desire to follow the principles of God. And yes, there's struggles and yes, there's problems. But there is also a grace and a covering that comes as one generation passes down the next. Now, here's what I want to show you. So my dad is a father, but he is also a son. So he will... He will never stop being a father. From, I'm his oldest. From the day I was born, he will always be a father in the natural he will never stop being a son, even though my grandpa has gone on to heaven ahead of us. I became a father when Sienna, Sienna's downstairs, probably helping somewhere, like always. And, uh, but with my son, I became a father. Yes, Houston, you're here too. And Juno's somewhere too. I don't even know who has her at church anymore. And, and from the day my kids were born... I transitioned from being a son and a child to a father and a son. And now my son, you're not a father yet, right? Okay, good. <laughs> we'll keep it that way for a little while. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> he will grow into and mature into those things. Now, in the natural, here's what happens. I am very grateful for my family heritage, our home, um, and we've seen it in our extended family. This world brings brokenness, other things. Now, here's the thing. My dad, thank God he didn't, could abdicate every responsibility he has a father, but it doesn't stop making him a natural father, right? He can, I could, as a son, come out from my father's house, his teaching, the things, live however I want, totally disconnect from him, but I'll never stop being a son. And for Cohen, right now, he would be in that phase that we would call a child, 
but he is maturing into a young man, and the goal is we hope that he grows and becomes a father and grows into that. However, it is up to him to choose whether he will mature in the things he needs to to be able to function as a decent human being, an adult on his own, and that will be his choice. I cannot force that on him because that fractures relationship. Thank you guys so much. So why, why would I show you that? I would say this. I would say that there are believers who have been around church a long time and they've gotten to a certain stage of their spiritual growth where they've just decided now, well, I've served enough, I've done enough, my time is done. And they actually think by stopping or pulling back, they're doing a, a, a service and making room for other people, which one, that's part of growth, but then they never step into the role of a father and someone who knows God and brings their wisdom back, and they abdicate their spiritual responsibility to shepherd, lead, and continue to guide all the days of their life in the ways of God. And there are a lot of believers that have come into the faith, and it's great, I'm saved, and God loves me, and I'm a child of God. And so this is the interesting, not one of us, my dad, myself, my son, will ever stop being a child of God. You can always start at that point and say, God, you love me, I'm your child, but the choice to grow is up to us. And we have a lot of children in the faith still that should be young men and women or weight carriers, those who defeat the enemy, win battles, do life, lead people forward, make room for the next generation, and they've decided, I'm content with being a child because it's kind of like I come to church, and what are you going to feed me, and what's God going to do next, and it's like every day after school, we'll have a snack, and within 20 minutes, all of my kids will say, well, what's for supper? And some days I just feel like, you're big enough, figure it out. <laughs> and before Juno, we would do that. Just see you guys later. There's food in the fridge. Uh, make sure you clean up afterwards, right? And because there's a growth and maturity. And sometimes in that maturity, you come home and, and, and they'll be like, well, I didn't eat. Well, why? That was a choice. And we got believers Saying, well, nobody mentored me. Nobody led me forward. No one did this. And, and I'm sorry for that, that we need people to get better and stronger in doing those things. But at a certain point, you had to choose to mature from being a child and say, I'm going to open the word of God. I'm going to get into the things of God, and I'm going to start feeding myself. Because the marker of discipleship in the midst of a world that has all of these things going on and, and, and the frustration of church and life with other people, maturity is the only thing that's going to tie us together in love. We continue to love one another and grow in the love of God when we choose to mature. Because people who choose to live for themselves and not live in the love of God, they don't mature. They, they live in the love of the world. They chase the things that they want to chase. They do the things that they want to do. And there is a time and a place in our faith where we have to come back to the biblical principle and we understand, God, what are you doing in our lives? How are we supposed to grow? And so there's three things I want you to know today, and there's three things I want us to respond with moving forward. So number one today is this. I want you to know this. Your sins are forgiven. Come on. If there was good news today, it's that your sins are forgiven. When John writes to the church, the very first group he addresses is he's like, I'm going to address the children of God because every single one of us is a child. 
No matter what stage of faith, when you fail, when you feel like you're missing the mark, when you don't know what to do, you should be able to come back to the place you say, I am a child of God. My sins are forgiven. I can live differently. I can grow in the ways of God. Yes, I've made a mistake, but I have a gracious Father that's going to pull me close and show me how to take the next step, even in the midst of my struggle. That's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants us to live with the knowledge that our sins are forgiven. This truth brings us to a place where we can live uh, so li- live for others and grow in a position where we overcome and mature. You're not going to overcome the world, the love of the world, the things of this life by saying, I'm just going to figure it out, do it on my own. No, you got to realize I am a child of God. And as a child, I need to be taught. I need to mature. I need to grow. And thank God my sins are forgiven because I keep messing up, but I don't have to beat myself over the head o- for the rest of my life. I can come to my father. He can show me how to stop making those mistakes, help me mature, and I can walk in the things of God. This is the call of God on how we should grow up. Say, God, I thank you that my sins are forgiven. Now show me how to overcome these temptations and things I keep coming into. But a lot of Christians, oh yeah, it's under grace. My sins are forgiven. I'll just live however I want. Well, one, that's not biblical. Two, then you call me sometimes, and you're like, Pastor Jeremy, why is my life a mess? Why am I struggling with this? Why is this happen? Why is that happen? I'm saying, because you, you got the truth. Your sins are forgiven. Thank God he'll keep forgiving you. But if you don't choose to mature and stop doing all these, uh, the, these acts of stupid, you're going to keep winding up in this situation. Seriously, every single one of us are one stupid decision away from making a real mess of things in our lives. And maturity leads us to say, okay, there has to be a pattern, there has to be a way I can grow, there has to be something I can do. And and, and what John does is he addresses the children first because he goes, everyone is a child of God for all their life. So you can be addressed as a child no matter where you're at, no matter how much you think you know. The basis of your faith is that I am a son or daughter of God and I can always learn and always grow and there's always grace. And see, when a child can come to their father when they understand that there's grace and forgiveness. The reason God's saying you should know me as your father is because even though you messed up, you made mistakes in your sin, I wasn't the dad that told you you should have done better. I wasn't the one that yelled at you. I wasn't the one that told you you'd never amount to anything. I was the one that made a way so you could come close and hear me say, I still love you. Let's fix this. Let me help you. Let me pull you close. And when you start seeing God that way, you say, oh, he is a father that pulls me close and says, I'm going to help you walk through this because your sins are forgiven so we can move past this stuff and this is good news for the believer and and if we're going to grow and mature in any way what we need to start seeing is is that God wants to bring us close number two the second thing I want you to know this morning is this that there is a God who wants to be known so he can be revealed to others it's really interesting when you read the commentaries on uh, first John chapter two is because You would think uh, in our natural mind, you would go children, young men, fathers. And John goes, I'm going to address the children first, and then I'm going to skip over the young men, and I'm going to go to the fathers. He says, let's catch the outer ends of this spectrum of life, and then we'll come back to the middle. And when he goes to fathers, 
He, he, he starts with this exhortation. He says, I write to you, fathers, because you have known the one who is from the beginning. You know who Jesus is. You understand him beyond Savior. You understand him as Lord. You understand him as the author and the finisher of your faith. You understand him as one that has been with you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you through this situation and that situation. And, and what John is really saying, I don't care how much you know in your earthly knowledge, but Fathers, if you know Jesus, if you know that he will lead you through anything, there is a value that you have in the church. There is a call that you have. And I'm going to write to you and encourage you that if you don't get the love of God inside of you, if you don't keep that flowing, if you don't keep that moving, there's a generation that's not going to understand that it is more about knowing Jesus than about knowing stuff that doesn't really matter in the end. And, and so he jumps from children to fathers. Can I just say this? We need people who know God in our churches. I'm grateful for input and I'm grateful for creativity and I'm grateful for how we can do things better and this and that. But more importantly, I don't care if you know better about whatever this light is or you know, something about the building or this or that, I do care because I welcome input and all those things. But what I actually care about most is that we actually grow into people that know God. Because God is going to build his church and he's going to build generationally based on people who know Jesus Christ. Because people who know Jesus know how to pass on that wealth of knowledge and that heart and that love of God to the next generation. I need men and women who know the Father in such a way because they knew God when they experienced this difficult time. They knew God when everything was wonderful and happy. They knew God when they had loss in their life. They knew God in the, in, in, in the hard times. They knew God in the relational fracture and friction with people. And they still come to church and say, I'm here because I need to know Jesus more because I know what's happened in church. I know how broken it is. But what's more important is I know how good God is and how he's going to finish this and he's going to pull us through and I'm here to share that with the next generation. We need people who know Jesus in our church. We need people who have known him through life's experience but there is nothing worth knowing compared to knowing Christ. Number three. So I said I want, I want you to know that your sins are forgiven. I want you to know that God wants to be known so he can be revealed to others. And I actually think there are, there are some young people. We talk about spiritual leadership. I'm just going to throw this out there. People think, oh, well, you know, in, in a few weeks we're going to set in some elders. We're going to talk more about that at Heart for the House. I wish Larry and Tracy were here today. He's running a race. Larry makes me feel bad sometimes, 61 years old, running a 10K this morning for Father's Day, and I'm like, I barely wanted to get to team rally on time this morning. I'm like, I'm tired. But I think we've bought into this lie, especially in North American church, for someone to be a spiritual leader and an elder, they have to be 65 plus. I know some 35 and 40-year-olds that have dug deep into who God is and his plan and purpose better than some of them because the markers of maturity in the faith are not based on a natural age. But also, if you're in that older category and you're like, I'm still learning this, I'm still growing, 
then just remember, thank God, you get to keep learning, you get to keep growing, because God is going to use you, and he's going to help you grow and mature into the things that he wants you to grow and mature into. So we need, there's a God who wants to be known and be revealed to others, but the, the third thing that I want us to know, based on what John is saying here, when he talks to children, fathers, and young men, he goes, I want you to know that there are battles that need to be fought and won. And, you know, you don't really realize it till you hit that stage and you have to make the switch. It's like when you have your first kid, okay? Oh, the things you said you would never do as a parent when you had no children. Oh, I'd never let my kids watch a screen. I would never do this or that or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you get three months into that new baby and someone else controlling your life and realizing how out of control of a lot of things you are. You're like, okay, Lord, just help me and give me wisdom to do whatever I need to do to make it because uh, survival is success in this three months right now. You know, like that's the, that's the thing. We start looking at things differently. And, and there are battles that need to be fought and won. And a lot of people in their faith, they want to stay baby Christians. They want to uh, just keep eating the, the, the milk of salvation, which is wonderful, and it's amazing, and it's great. I, I keep saying about Juno, like, you know, she gets to eat, sleep, and everyone tells her she looks cute the fatter she gets. I mean, that's living the dream right there. <laughs> There's a lot of Christians that are like, oh, man, eat, sleep, just keep getting spiritually fat, never take on any weight, never fight any battles. That's the spiritual dream. God loves me, has a wonderful plan for my life, and I'm just going to binge out on all of this spiritual knowledge and go to heaven one day and never do anything with it. A spiritual gluttony actually is what that is. And God calls us to more, and there's a time where he calls us to start maturing and growing in our faith. And, and, and he's like, guys, this is how you should grow up. You should grow in such a way that you live like your sins are forgiven, so the enemy doesn't get a hold of your heart and condemnation and shame and all these things. So when you mess up, you just come to your Father, and he helps you to keep moving. You should live in such a way that, man, I want to know God in a way that my spiritual fathers and mothers know him. I want to know the God that was there in that big trial. I want to know the God who was present in the dark. I know I want to know the God who made things happen when there was no way. I want to know God that way. And I want to trust him in all of those things. But then it comes back to this. But when you're young in your faith and you're in that in-between stage, and this is where I think a lot of us are, there are battles to be fought and battles to be won. And if you ever ask yourself this question, when I come to church week after week, when I'm trying to grow and mature in my faith, why am I actually doing that and what am I actually fighting for? Because if the answer is always yourself, you will not mature. But if the answer starts to change into, this is so other people can know Jesus. This is so the next generation doesn't get left behind. This is so sons and daughters can see a model of what it is to walk with the Lord even through the difficult things. You start maturing. You start saying, God, help me grow up. Help me mature. Help me understand what I need to do in my life. Maturity brings us to a place where it's not all about us all of the time. You know what Pastor Brett and I used to do? I would come home from Bible college. I lived at his parents' house when Brandy and I were engaged. And he would come home from grade 12 at Roshep High School. 
And we would eat dessert. We would eat desserts, yes, but we would eat Dairy Queen and Blizzards at 3 p.m. and play video games until his parents got home and made supper for us at like 6.30. And we all lived there like, well, what's, what's for supper? What's happening? This and that. And, and there comes a point you got to grow up and, and, and those friendships and things, you, you go your separate ways because i got a family to take care of. I want to grow in what God's called me to. There's different battles to fight, and they're different for different people. And, and, and part of that journey and growing over the years is you begin to realize you want to lead people, you want to lead a church. It's not about you anymore. Going home for a day off on Saturday when you got kids. Your day off is not about you all the time. You should rest. But there are things that you do to lead others, to, to help them grow. And, and, and there's different battles that you face and you fight. And you got to come to this place where you say, okay, I'm going to start carrying weight. I'm going to start doing things without being asked, without someone having to tell me all the time. I'm going to say, God, I'm going to grow because you want me to grow. And when I grow, it means other people around me grow. And too many Christians are sitting waiting for me to ask them to lead a small group or give them the small group that they like because they say, if that all falls into place, then I'll grow. I'll just tell you something. If God is stirring in your heart that you need to grow, and you need to bring other people with you come talk to me just start doing it just start growing why because God wants you to fight some battles that I can't fight for you that other people can't fight for you and he's going to bring people alongside of you that learn how to walk and grow and become people who carry the weight it's quiet See, maturity requires us to do things and carry things that we never had to as children. And when you grow up and you do childish things and things change in your life, you can't just expect everyone else to do things for you. And maybe God is calling some of us to do things not just because we feel guilty or because we're asked or someone's going to get mad if we don't serve or we don't do this. Maybe we start asking God and saying, God, if I'm being built into this spiritual house and I have a role to play, would you show me who I'm fighting for? Would you help me fight the battles in my own life and for others? Because God, I want to be someone who contributes and, and, and brings maturity and a strength to your kingdom because God, I know you want to use me. Any guys in here that are single from 25 to 35, 40? Uh, I got a sister. She's still single. <laughs> She's going to hate me that that hit a podcast. And I ask, and, and like all the time she meets guys, she's like, Jeremy, what in the world is wrong with guys right now? Well, what do you mean? She's like, I'll go on a date with a guy who's like 33 and all he talks about is how he can't wait to get off work and go home and play video games. And some of you are like, oh, don't go there. <laughs> don't touch that. Ask my kids how much I play video games. Because when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, okay? Just take that scripture. <laughs> and I'm not against having things in your life 
that bring you rest and joy and things like that. But I'm going to say this to the men especially. This is Father's Day. You want to lead a family forward in the ways of God Maybe you need to get up and pray sometimes. Maybe you need to set aside some time in your schedule to read your Bible more than your family does or your wife asks you to. You want to be the leader in your home. You want to do those things. you got to say, God, I and men, we get so fragile when it comes to this stuff because we think we, we feel like a failure. We feel like it's never enough. I'm just telling you, carry some weight and start somewhere and making some decisions and you watch your family follow you in that. It doesn't have to be much but it has to be intentional. And when we give our lives to all of these things with no intention and no purpose, we wonder why we still are looked at like children in the faith when really we should be leaders and warriors and people who fight battles and overcome in all areas of the faith. You know how you get stronger? John said it in this scripture. He said, because you have the word of God in you. But there is a battle, men, especially today. There is a battle for your time. There is a battle for your energy. There is a battle for your mind, for your heart. And that battle, how you fight it and how you grow and mature in your faith, will affect future generations. And often we look at it as like, well, God, if he wants me to grow in something, he'll speak to me. This, Yes, he will. But there is a maturity that you take on and you say, God, I want to be called and be that person you've called me to be. And God, show me the areas. When you ask God, like that's a dangerous prayer. God, show me the areas you want me to adjust in my life so I can go deeper into what you have for me. And I think I've shared this before. I remember the time I, I said that to God and he's like, stop watching that show. It wasn't even a bad show. Why, God? Uh, Because it's on Monday nights, and that's when you have young adults, and you're so worried about leaving the service to get home in time to watch your show because we didn't have DVR. That's how old I am. You're fixated on something that is not what I have for you in this season, and sometimes God says, you need a break right now. I want you to focus on this. And and, and maturing in the faith and growing in those things is going to cause us to become who God has called us to be. I told Crystal Stretch that I would talk about this. As we talk about Heart for the House in a week coming up, the reality is is our giving and our financial offering is great for the next generation. But actually asking God, where are we going to serve and give into the house of God or the things of God, that's an important thing. Because you have so many things trying to ask for your time. And this is the battle for a lot of young families, for a lot of younger believers in the faith. God, well, I got this going on and that going on and this going on. And I believe God is asking you, and I'm not asking you. You need to ask, Lord, would you clear the deck of something so you can prioritize a place in my house so you can grow, help others grow, and watch your future generations grow in the house and the ways of God? But it takes intention. And it takes a willingness to say, okay, God, I'm going to say no to something because I'm a part of something. And if you don't plan those things and if you're not intentional about them, they won't happen. And and so, you know, I I just think that God is calling us back to a place of maturity. 
God wants us to love one another, to be love being around one another, love people around us in the world, but not fall in love with the world and the things of the world. And, and what was happening in the early church was there was so much malice and strife, and sometimes like, I don't want to go to church because that person says this about me, and they serve this way, and they think this is the only way. And like, and like we're dealing with all these frustrations, and John's like, I'm going to write this letter about how we should be loving each other and loving people so the world sees Jesus over all of this other stuff that we're getting stuck in right now and and we're not losing people to the love of the world because they're so frustrated with church. And when we come back to maturity being the goal and then what Peter's saying that, God, if you're building a spiritual house and I'm being built in, i got to let your Holy Spirit shape me and mold me and do some things in my life, then we can grow and we can mature. So that's what I wanted you to know this morning. Your sins are forgiven. There is a gracious God who keeps calling you forward in your relationship with him and your faith. He wants to be known and revealed to people. He wants us to be so in love with him. And no matter how old we get, I hope when I hit 75 and 80 in church, I'm still a half nice person to be around and I love Jesus and I'm not bitter at church and complaining about things. And I get it. We have styles and personality. But I want it to be known more that I know Jesus. I want to be known for being a man that knows and loves Jesus more than the one that complains about how the coffee is. I picked coffee because there's some other subjects that are a lot more touchy. (laughs) We have great coffee here, so that's an easy one. But I also want to be aware of when I'm in the season of battling, and there is a battle for my affections, for my time, for my frustrations, and all those things, I got to be able to say, God... I need strength to overcome. And he said, I write to you, young men, young women, because you're strong. Why? Because the word of God is in you. Take it on yourself to say, God, I'm going to grow in your word. I'm going to develop my character. I'm going to become who you've called me to be. Not because someone told me I should change this or told me I should change that, but because the word of God I've hidden in my heart so I might not sin against you, that your word would be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, that your word would lead me in all fullness. And, and, And when we start living like that, we start living with intention. And we start seeing the things of God happening in every situation around us. So that's what I want you to know, and here's how I want us to respond. Let's have the band come back up. Let's go all the way back to Proverbs. And if we go back to Proverbs chapter 2, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, the writer is talking to his son. And he says this, he says, my son, if you, everyone say if, if you receive my words and treasure up my commands within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if, everyone say if, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if. If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So how do we respond to this idea of God? How should I grow in my faith? How can I mature in my faith? 
well, in Proverbs it says, well, if you would do these things, you're going to grow in the fear of the Lord. You're going to understand the wisdom of God. You're going to walk the way he calls you to walk. So three things. Number one today, if we want to grow up in the ways of the Lord, number one, we need to lean in. Everyone say lean in. He says incline your ear to understanding. Incline, lean your heart towards wisdom. All of the premise comes back to, look, there is an ownership on you. God has laid out his truths. He's laid out his path. There's wisdom to be found. And if you would lean in, God's going to start showing you some things about how you can grow up, how you can mature. So if we're going to respond to God, I just want to encourage us, would you lean in this week? Would you say, God, I want to lean into the maturity you have for my life? And that's going to look different for you than the person beside you because we're all growing at different paces and stages in our walk with God. But if the heart would say, God, I want to grow in maturity in my personal relationship with you, the first thing we need to do is lean in. The second thing we need to do is we need to call out. Everyone say, call out. See, sometimes we think, well, no one ever did that for me. And then the question can come, well, did you ever ask? No, I would like to go for coffee with you. Oh, did you ever ask? The Bible says that God is a father who gives good gifts to his children. If earthly fathers know how to do that, how much more would your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Come on, if we want to respond and grow in maturity and grow in our faith, we got to not only lean in, we got to call out and say, God, I need to grow in this area. God, I need to know you better in this area because I feel like I'm messing it up. I feel like I'm failing. Or I just feel like what I know today is not going to be enough for what I have to face tomorrow. So we respond by leaning in. We respond by calling out. But number three, the third response we have is we discover. Because he talks about if you start searching and seeking and you call out and you, you lean in, you're going to start to discover some things. You're going to start to hear the voice of the Lord. You're going to learn how to fear him. The fear of the Lord is really talking about, in the Old Testament, about worship. You're going you're to learn how to honor and revere and walk in the ways of God and know his paths and know his truths. And, and, and this is the writer saying, my son, if... If you would lean in, if you would call out, if you would, if you would search and seek, you will begin to discover that God's ways are good, His ways are wise, He's going to lead you in all fullness, He's going to cause you to grow up to be the man and woman of God He's called you to be. And I think we just need a whole church full of people that say, God, help me grow up. Help me grow up into the things that you have called me into. I don't have to be perfect. I make mistakes, but I want to be who I'm supposed to be in each and every season. Why? Because maturity of my faith and knowing Jesus is more important than all of the things that I can do or chase in this life. And it's going to lead other people forward. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand this morning. And I want to pray over you because I believe that God is good, his word is sure, and he's leading us forward. And so we're going to do this. Everyone say, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to call out. And I'm going to discover everything that God has for me. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you are good. Your word is solid. It is true. It brings life and it brings strength to us. So today, 
as we close out, as we lift you up, as we worship you. God, would you show each and every one of us an area in our lives where we could grow up, where we could mature, where we could become who you're calling us to be, that we could take that next step, one step at a time, into your fullness and wholeness for our lives. God, that we would be those that get your word in us, that we carry the battle well, that fight for other people, that show them that loving Jesus and walking with him is the best life that they could ever have. Lord, we would see people coming alongside of us, asking what it is that we do differently. And it's no mystery. We've just realized that our sins have been forgiven. We just understand that we can know God in a real and personal way and that when battles and fights come, the Word of God can be in us and work in us so we can overcome and we can live strong. God, I believe you're building a people today that know your Word, that live in your Word, and walk in your strength. In Jesus' name, come on, and everybody said, Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or are looking to get connected in any further way, head to saintschurch.ca and we would love to meet you.